0: So this is CG Talks, the podcast where CG guys talk about CG. This podcast is powered by garagefarm.net, a place where 3D cloud rendering is incredibly fast and cheap. Hello again, and uh, we're continuing the conversation with Federico Bianculo from the Big Picture. Uh, and um, let's jump into another topic, um, and that would be wearing many hats in the CGI. Artvis industry uh, you are you are you describe yourself on your website at least as a jack of all trades yeah. and this is this is a common name for for many artists like uh, at least 3d generalists uh, yeah. and i'm asking and i'm asking this question for selfish reasons considering myself also more of a generalist guy than uh, narrowly specialized and there is a common belief uh, that this might be a disadvantage. Uh, hmm. As they say, Jack of all trades, master of none. Master known. of land, yes. <laughs> and how would you <laughs> compare being a generalist to special in, specializing in a narrow
1: field? Well, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Um, when I mention Jack of all trades, uh, for me, it's a bit broader than the 3D generalist that we used to think about. As for 3D, yes, I'm a generalist in the sense that I'm used to do everything in my images. I used to do the concepting, thing. I used to do the lighting, the texturing, uh, basically everything, uh, post-production, everything, you name it, mm-hmm. uh, really. And that's how most people in my circle work. You know, I really know a th- just very little people that are specialized into a certain field. All my contacts, all my closer friends are all generalists. So all people that work in, you know, I end firms that do competitions, that do press release, and they, they bring the image from zero to 100. And that goes for CG. Um, I don't think it's a disadvantage because these kind of people, especially in this kind of uh, of firms are really, really uh, sought after. Right now, I see a lot of people struggling to find two good 3D generalists in our, in our industry and among my, my circle of contacts. So I think knowing, being a senior or an art director, and knowing how to shape an image from the start to the end, I think it's a, it's a, it's a really great asset. But when I mentioned Jack of all trades, for me, it's a bit of a different thing. Because you see, I, I always tried, since, uh, since my start in Artvis in 2014, I always started to branch out Arvis and to do something else that it was not Arvis for myself. Because I always thought that Arvis will not be my my future for long. I mean, I I don't see myself still doing images in the next five years or ten years. Um I'm actually right now I'm starting to think about uh project management positions, for example, and starting to, and trying to evaluate that. That that's three that's not that's uh, sorry. I'm trying to think about that path for my career about teaching. So I'm trying to do a lot of things to explore. So this is my kind of a key word, explore. Trying to understand different aspects connected to the industry. Because I don't want to quit the industry. I thought about it, I I'd be honest. I thought about quitting the industry at a certain point during pandemic the pandemic, but this is not the case anymore. But um, mentioning Jack of all trades for me means being present in the industry in different forms which is you know podcasting teaching project manager consultancy so I'm trying to understand my position my place in the industry and trying to offer different kind of services so what I do is you probably you already know the mention the podcast at the beginning that's something that I started in 2020 and it's part of my you know my activity my continued activity in ourquiz uh, I'm a content creator as well. I do content for architecture and illustration in Italian under the name the Control-C Blog. Mm-hmm. We started in 2015. Uh, yeah, 2015, by the way. Uh, now I started this new adventure with Engram Lab as a, as a lead teacher and course coordinator. So we're starting courses for intensive classes actually in October. So I'm trying to, you know, go outside the path of the traditional 3 d artist that just does images and trying to open up new, new things. And I think it's also a matter of uh, you know putting your ego aside. Many artists, they have this image of themselves, of that person shutting themselves uh, in their own rooms or their own offices, doing these great images, uh, doing these great masterpieces of work uh, with their own names, with their own ownership. And this is something else that I'm reconsidering these days. Uh, even though I have my own firm and my own clients, I'm opening up myself. Collaborate with other bigger firms in, on other projects, so I'm trying to branch out and to be, you know, a multi, <laughs> as they call it. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't know the word, but a multidisciplinary architect. Some, somebody calls them that way. Multi, the multidisciplinary artist. artists. So I don't know mm-hmm. if it, if that's a thing or not. But I like to explore different paths in general. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Like uh, in general, I, 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 re- I remember. I remember like when i was uh, educating myself i, I started out uh, being being educated as an interior designer and one of our professors said that this is a like a particular uh, funny funny um how you say it um, job job type because this is like being being uh completely um, non-specialized in, in anything but knowing so many fields that that this is really needed in the market that you are aware of many many very many aspects of many um yeah many uh, areas right it's like partially art a little bit of architecture a little bit of uh psychology client management everything so so you need to be kind of a Mm -hmm. jack of all trades and right now i think with the whole with the whole world being so so changing, it's. I think it's important, that like you said, uh, like the word explore or be open
1: and um, flexible. I think so. I think it, it could be beneficial to many people, many artists uh, in, uh, in our industry. Of course, being a freelancer, you were you were saying that you have to wear many hats. It's especially true for freelancers. Uh, freelancers have to be able to wear many hats. But aside from that, uh, even artists that are employed, I think exploring different things in the, in the industry and not just strictly connected to the industry, uh, it's a great way to also diversify your activities. It's not just a matter of exploring. Of course, it's also a matter of uh, building up different sources of income, especially when you're a freelancer, you're, not, you're never really sure of, uh, of the job that you're getting. For example, uh, I've been almost dry of work or just didn't get any, any work for a one month and a half, and now all my clients they just came together <laughs> all at once. So, if when you're a freelancer, you also have to pay attention to that. And if you have side activities or some kind of, you know, uh, I wouldn't, I don't like the term passive income, but there's also definitely a possibility of uh, trying to teach something that you know well how to do to other people. There's a lot of possibilities right now. I think artists can consider this, uh these other options, not just teaching, but also asset creation. That could be an option. Uh, even social media, I'm really into that. As you can see, that can open a lot of possibilities. I'm trying also the podcast. And I'm really trying to branch it out and to open it up to sponsorship in the future. Uh, I hope it's going to be a thing pretty soon. So the more things that you do, of course, in the limits of your, of your time and your own possibility, the more opp- opportunities you open up for, for yourself.
0: Yeah, and it's the kind more of...
1: things you you know you can be good at doing, and more more paths you can open up uh, for yourself, and not just for yourself, but also in probably another other big you know endeavors or other big opportunities. Uh, this kind this thing of the school with Engram Studio would not have been possible if I wasn't doing this kind of educational content. You know, so this has opportunity. So this thing has has opened up another opportunity for me.
0: Yeah, great. That's kind of uh, reminds me of our talk with um, with uh, with Fabio Palvelli. Uh, you have also mm. interviewed him on your podcast. Like he's a, an example of a man who was doing some kind of, like he was doing art, but then he kind of branched off to more community activities, like doing the D two conference and uh, and consulting companies. Right now, i think he's involved in some kind of a metaverse uh, venture. Mm, yeah. So it seems like it's uh, yeah it's it's quite a good way of finding your your way. Not, not everyone has to just like sit and do images all the time, but uh, I think it's important to be able to turn your interest into into business. So, do you have anything like um, any kind of education in that area? Like, uh, do I do, yeah, do I have to learn to how to do business to be successful as an artist or? generally in the industry, oh. how do you see
1: that? Yeah. Well, for the sake of truth, many of the things that I came up in, um, in these years about branching out, it's something that came up in conversations that I actually had with Fabio during the years. So I have to re- keep giving credit for that. And as for this, as for what you, what you were mentioning, uh, studying business, well, I wouldn't say it's necessary to be successful. You can be successful even without having studying business. But I wouldn't hide that it helps a lot. I don't have an education in business. I, I thought about pursuing it multiple times. And I think it will be helpful to open up your mind, especially about the whole acquisition process, about the whole client management process. I myself, I'm a person that has a lot of problem in acquiring new clients because I don't like to market my work. You know, So that's something that I would love to study. That aspect in particular. So, studying all this aspect, especially for artists that are very, really, in general, artists are like, uh, have a few problems in coming up with a new excelling point and marketing their own work. So, studying these topics could be really, really useful, I think. Not necessary, of course. There's a lot of firms that do successful work without knowing business. So, it's not necessary, but could be useful, especially if you want to build something that is a, a little bigger than the four people burik office
0: at GarageFarm.net, you'll find many 3d rendering solutions use coupon codes visible on our social media channels during registration to boost your account up to a hundred dollars of free render credits and check how quick and life-saving 3d cloud rendering is mm-hmm. so um do you consider uh, like with that business side of things that um or just finding like fi- finding new ways of income or uh, generally like dealing with the, with a career, uh, what do you consider the biggest value of of podcasting and maybe public speaking like on conferences and stuff mm-hmm. like that?
1: Well, podcasting and public speaking, I think are uh, two two very different things. Uh, podcasting for me has a as a great value in exploration. I started podcasting in a time where I was I felt disconnecting from from the community from the industry so it was the, the end of 2020 so we were in the middle of pandemic I would say uh and the value of of that is networking and knowing different different perspectives different aspects of the of the job and knowing that there's so many different possibilities in the industry not just image making but also you know project management art direction uh, consulting. There's so many so many other interesting options, but not just that. Even for those who want to do images, for me also, the value of doing podcasts is giving a service to, to the community and to let people understand that image making is there, but it's not all. There's other aspects around image making that are really important in our industry and that should be considered when one, one wants to pursue a career into art or wants to evolve as an art artist. So the main goal of the podcast, the main value I found in this was that not just for, for other people anyway, but also for myself, just to clarify this concept, these ideas for myself. And the podcast has helped me a lot to grow as a person and as an artist and to understand um, that people out there uh, have so much experience to share and things could take so many different turns so for me, it was a growth opportunity. As for public speaking, I have to say, I had the opportunity to just be at the D2 virtually last year, the D2 conference as a speaker. Uh, I would have loved to do it in person, of course. But I cannot tell you that much because I haven't been speaking in public in person for a long, long time. I've been, I guess, at, at podcasts. I've been interviewed, but I have not been a guest at uh, as a speaker. But I think the principle is still the same. So share value with the community. And also, yeah, egoistically speaking, because things are are made for several reasons, not just, you know, not just for selfless reasons. Mm. Of course, that's the sharing part, but also the part of building yourself a position in the industry, to building a stance for yourself and to be an advocate for something. For example, I wanted to be an advocate for mental health in the acquis industry. And that's why I went to the D2 stage last year and I didn't show any of my work. Just because I wanted to be an advocate for that. And Build my position around that.
0: It's mm-hmm. so like building a personal brand, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I wanted to uh, digress a little bit with, uh, with that topic and ask you about um, whether you have any non Argvis related skills or interested hobbies, something like that's detached from the industry and that you do. And maybe you see that. It proves to be useful for you in your professional life. we mentioned back then we mentioned the tabletop RPGs, or many like maybe yeah, yeah, something yeah, yeah. maybe something totally different.
1: but you know this reconnects a lot with the, with work tabletop role playing games are a social activity, a really social heavy activity, and I find myself very often in the position of trying to not be a leader because I don't think I, I will be the, I'm the leader of my group of people when I play, but the person that tries to be reasonable, the person that try to manage things in the proper way. So that's a really useful skill to apply in your work, to be the, the, the adult in the room, to be the grown up and to you know give, put things in the right place. I'm I not going deep into, into examples of, of, the, of the game, but that's a skill. That's a skill that you can reuse in your in your job in your in your work life as well. Podcasting has helped me a lot in um, technical skills like audio editing, and also con- crea- con- content creation has helped me a lot. Understanding how to edit videos, so I'm, I'm picking up skills here and there. That's why the jack of all trades thing and all these skills, uh, I found room to apply them in the in the launch of the school yesterday. That that we made mm-hmm. yesterday, for example. So everything kind of reconnects and. If you can find opportunities for yourself, you will end up applying those skills in different fields. But even if I were to you know, apply as a 3D artist or as an art director uh, for, a, for an activist firm, probably these skills will find a place. This kind of expertise will still find a place. Even if, you're in, if your line of work is standard, so to say, and it goes into the traditional image making, knowing all of these things are always an added value. Another thing that I do, I've been doing since two thousand fifteen, writing. Hmm. I've been writing in Italian for my for my blog. Uh, I've been writing, I don't know how how many <laughs> dozens, thousands uh, of lines for my articles uh, so far. So that's some of the skills that pe- another skill that I another skill that I picked up that has helped me a lot so far. So even if you think that a skill could not be applied to your work, you can always turn it around. But in general, you don't need to. Apply your skills and your hobbies at all costs. To your works, obvious could be just obvious for the sake of it, for the sake of recharging. So you don't have to find usefulness in what you do at all costs. I think yeah. that's wrong, and that could be dangerous in a way.
0: Yeah, and sometimes it's like more probably allowing you know life to just flow, as you said. That is uh, sometimes in the most unexpected moments it comes down that it's useful, but you didn't plan it to be useful. It, you just you just have those skills or got them by the way of doing something else and suddenly they proved to be crucial in some moment of your life and you never know when it will happen mm. or or even if, in what way, right? You mentioned uh, also RPGs. I think the cool thing is uh, I've also played that, uh, like not, not very recently, but uh, I used to play those when I was younger and... The thing that, uh, that you do there, uh, there, like it's it's kind of like a child's child's play in a more mature environment. But you're you're kind of role playing. That's the whole idea, role playing. So like getting into someone else's yeah, shoes. Yeah, yeah. And I think like it's also kind of understanding someone else's perspective because you're impersonating something, someone else. So like understanding your clients, for example, or even like playing 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 the role of the businessman or or the artist you yeah? know. I found that uh, in, it's a very powerful tool. Uh, I think in Ethan Becker's, like he's uh, he's like a YouTuber, he's doing like animation stuff and and a little bit of controversial style of teaching or tips giving on YouTube. Like, and he was he was talking about this in in another podcast that he's like he created a persona for himself. Like, it's like a love love hate mm-hmm. persona. Like you might hate it or love it, but uh, it's like a persona that he used for himself to just like get more confident Get uh, yeah get to 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 the goals that he had in, inside like it, it helped him like achieve the, achieve those goals so i think it's a useful skill as well to be to be able to play the role like in the in the in the approach like fake it till you make it so so to speak
1: yeah um i'm not a big fan of fake it till you make it honestly it's like fake it till you become it Honestly, uh-huh. uh, at, the, at the beginning, you will try to pretend of doing something that you're not be able to do. But this, this goes for all kinds of activities. When you start doing something, probably you're not really clearly aware of what you're doing. Even when I started doing images, I was not clearly awake, aware of what I was doing. Uh, when I started doing images professionally, really professionally, I I submitted my application to to a huge architecture firm to do images I was hired but at the time I didn't even know clearly how 3ds max worked so I was you know I was learning by doing and at the end eventually I, I became proficient in 3D studio max and you could say that it was fake it till you make it but it's actually fake it through becoming uh, through making mm-hmm. honestly I was making it I was doing my job and eventually I learned how to do my job So role playing is more or less the same. You pretend to be some somebody else, but in reality, you're actually doing that. And in reality, in the game, in the reality of the game, you're actually doing that. And then you can apply some of those things outside. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, like uh, being open to new situations, new new things that. So so, uh, yeah, the fake it till you make it is kind of like. We we all have uh, like a feeling feeling of uh, the faking part is like something negative, but uh, I'm thinking it's like more mm. of being being open to to what comes and open to things that you don't really know and le- letting yourself not know things and learn because it, it's really all about learning, I think. And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, totally. We always because cause even if you're a, like an expert in in a field, is, you may ex- encounter like new new. Situations that you haven't really managed yet, and especially with the new technology and stuff sure. like that, that's that's we always have to be able to learn. Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. I think learning is the key in an industry and in general in life. So you should not be afraid of starting doing something that you you're not trained for. Uh, if you really set up set uh, you really set a goal for yourself that you want to do that thing you'll have to face the initial phase in which you, you don't know what you're doing. It's just like that. You don't be af- you, you cannot be afraid of that. You should really well, I think it's being afraid is a normal reaction, but that that fear should be, you know, um, redimensioned, should should have, you know, a relative impact. Should be put in perspective into the bigger scope of things
0: yeah the the big picture so to speak i guess i guess this is a perfect yes. like perfect punchline for our for our talk and yes. i think we can end on, on that note and leave leave our audience with uh uh yeah with the big picture of of our whole industry and <laughs> career so thanks thanks for for the whole conversation i think it was great it did brought up uh, some nice topics and uh I wanted for for you to make like a few final words of or about yourself and your plans. Like you mentioned, this new uh, this this new learning platform that you are doing right now, where people can find you, uh, your work, and your podcast as well.
1: Well, yes. Uh, as for the school, yes, it's, uh, it's very fresh. It's very new. As I mentioned, it's something that is a joint venture with Engram Studio from France and Italy. And we are launching an intensive in-class course uh, during five weeks in Italy. Right now, we're starting in Italian, but we'll probably pretty soon open up to the international audience. But the first few prime class, the name, of course, is prime class, will last five weeks. And we we'll start the 3rd of October in France. And it's, I was mentioning it's an intensive course that will basically train artists, artists to be production ready. So it's not just about technical aspect, but also about uh, conceptual aspect of our profession, how images are built, uh, how we perceive images, and also about the tips and tricks that you should know before starting as a 3D artist and working in a studio. Because as we all know, one thing is learning uh, the technical side, the other thing is applying the technical side on your job and to apply that to be fast and to be uh, productive, you always need to learn a few tricks. You always have to have a few aces up up your sleeve. For example, when you have a really tight deadline and you have to be fast or your workstation doesn't work because your files are too heavy and you have to know how to make these files lightweight, then you have to know these tricks. And this is what differentiates us from the rest of the schools, probably. As for me, um, yes, the podcast is There's Something About Archviz. Right now we are episode... I think episode 14. Um, I'm going really slow because it's a more of a personal thing. I don't have a regular schedule, but I can assure you it's uh, it's still ongoing. I have a few interviews that are lined up with very interesting people. Another thing that uh, this is the first thing that I, first time that I say it publicly, uh, I'll be at the T2 conference as a media partner with the podcast. Uh, so you'll find me there if you want to hit me up and chat a bit and uh, know each other. So I'll be there in August, most probably and i think that's it and that's of course my, my image making activity as the big picture you can just if you if you're curious of, of what i do uh, you can just find my work at uh bigpicturevisual.com big, big and i think that's it
0: yeah great uh, yeah i'm wishing you all the best with the new ventures and yeah and if people want want some special ace ace in their sleeve uh, for for rendering you so, yeah we are the podcast is backed, backed by GarageFarm.net, which is a render farm service. So you can check it out. And yeah, if you're in a tight deadline situation, there's always you know extra computing power under your fingertips if you want, you can use it. So thanks again for, for joining me. And I hope we it's been be a
1: able pleasure. To, really, yeah.
0: Yeah. I hope you will be able, able to meet in person in some situation in the future. Right now in the post-pandemic world, it's finally the... it's possible. Yes. Sure.
1: Yeah, with the events, uh, events starting again, yeah, probably it's going to be possible. So I hope it's, it's, it will be possible pretty soon. But anyway, okay. thanks for having me here, and I hope the listeners will enjoy this conversation. Yeah, great. So thank you again, and bye. Bye, thanks.